0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Nathan Podcast. We have a very special guest, George Geddes. What's up, man?
1: What's up? Yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you guys? <laughs> not too bad, not Chill too on. bad. Good stuff.
0: Last time you were here, uh, it was very different. You were with Upcomers. Now you're with Dot .esports, mm. correct? Yeah, I'm with .esports now. How so. has that
1: been? It's been good, you know? I think, like, the last time we spoke, I think I've grown a little bit more as well. Mm. Um... So the landscape definitely looks a lot different. But um no, dot's been fine. Obviously, I think I I think I left Upcomer at a good time. Um, clearly, because <laughs> they got rid of like all of their editorial staff. So I, Oh wow. Yeah, um, I saw that. What happened? Or mm, can you not say? No, I can say it's because they run out of money. That's just how it is. Wait, for when real? you put um mm, It's not that they ran out of money, it's that they didn't want to put money in assets that weren't making money. Um mm-hmm. so editorial, which is written work is very difficult to monetize right um you need to you'll notice that pages like dexerto dot they usually flood your page with adverts um because that's how we make money right it's click-through ads that kind of stuff um you know sponsorships of articles for example that's also one um but video is is typically where money is is made uh snapchat youtube that kind of stuff where you have ad sense it actually you know um It's a lot better. Um, But saying that, the reason why Upcomer was not successful and the fact that they... Well, they pushed this whole idea that they would have half editorial, half video, and we would be equally as important, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But that just wasn't the case. Uh, Upcomer, um, higher-ups, so Enthusiast Gaming, which owned the company, um, they decided to go hundred percent into video. Um, so you'll notice the upcoming YouTube, the upcoming TikTok, Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. Like the Snapchat shows mainly are going to be the main focus because they make money. Um, and it makes quick money rather than long-term success. Um, you know, perhaps they could keep it going and see what happens, but I think it's, it's, it's not like good journalism that they're creating in my opinion. Excuse me. Um, They're just creating stuff that appeals to people with like a a, a two minute like reading span, um, that won't watch a video, won't read an article. They'll just look at like a five second clip and you know go to the next one. But I guess that's what people do nowadays. So, um, I could see that I could see the appeal, but personally, I just don't think it's good journalism. So, Um, I don't consider Upcomer an editorial outlet anymore. I consider it a media outlet, if anything. Um, Mm. I think it's massive scum what they did to people Um, because people forget that these are like actual lives that you're just throwing away. You know, these are like people that relied on your income and, you know, it's just the, it's the reality of esports. Unfortunately, it's, you know, it's very difficult to make money. Um, And unless you are, well, even if you are part of the 1% that does make money, you could still get, you know, uh, you could still get ruined. So, um, yeah, it's pretty unforgiving.
0: Did they uh oh. did you notice it where you were like, hey, like they're not really like caring about anything about my article. They just want to do YouTube videos and all that. And that's what like made you leave Upcomers or was there other reasons why you left Upcomers?
1: I left Upcomer because at the start when I first joined, so I was at Dot previously, um mm-hmm. and I had a I spoke with Kevin, my editor a- editor in chief, um and at the time, sorry. And he said, look, just take the job. Because at the time I was working freelance for Dot, I, I hadn't really, you know, this was before Valorant, this was, you know,
0: hmm. all
1: that kind of stuff. Um, before I started actually like reporting roster moves, et cetera. Um, and it was hard, but he told me, look, you're being offered a full-time position, just take it. And, you know, we both know that this type of money that you're going to be on. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I don't care. I'll, I'll reveal my salary, you know, oh. uh, so i kind come paid me. Yeah, this is a bit of exclusive. Upcomer paid me eighty oh, thousand dollars. A year, right? Okay. Which wow. is absolutely outrageous, right? Yeah. And I don't yeah. care. I'll fucking say it. I don't care. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. And the thing is, I would. I wasn't even the highest paid writer. I was up there, but I wasn't wow. the highest paid wow and uh, you know what i mean like <laughs> you name me one outlet that pays that much i will honestly i'll bite your hand off mate because it's <laughs> it's impossible right you're telling me you're paying writers right so there was about how many of us staff writers i'm trying to think there was at least like like 10 minimum i think yeah, i can't really remember yeah. how many but you think if they're on that amount of money even a bit less you run out so fast you yeah, know that's kind and of insane. Was, was it more of like a- You know what I
0: mean? Was it like more of like, wait, are you guys serious? You're actually paying me that much money? Like, were you, were you like, you guys have that much money oh, like yeah.
1: that? yeah, no, I didn't believe it. I didn't <laughs> believe it. Look, I was on like, what, like $400, $500 a month? Like just writing, like churning out news articles whilst yeah. I was working freelance, right? Um, But then people perceive my value as being much higher than other writers. So they offered me a full-time position because I did reporting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll notice that I think probably about 95% of people that do esports journalism do not do reporting. Um, you know, you'll notice people like Richard Lewis, uh, even Thorin, Jacob Wolf, me, uh, you know, people like that, we all do reporting. That's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. We break news that people don't really, well, Thorin a little bit less, but the others, you know, uh, Jacob Wolf and Richard Lewis are the cream of the crop, you know, when it yeah. comes to that kind of stuff. Um, and unless you are, uh, at the top of that and also storytelling, which I think is where Thorin and Theon both are, um, unless you are literally the S tier of that, you are, it's like, it's not gonna, you know, it's not going to do you well. Um, yeah, and this is just how the business is because your perceived value is, is, you know, uh, increased when you do stuff that nobody else can do, which is fair enough. But mm-hmm. to justify that amount of money, I think it's ridiculous like yeah. I, I don't care i'll say it now i'm on less money i took a paid cut to join dot in december right yeah. because i knew that this money was not going to last right yeah yeah so i was like well this is like what like you know i need job security in my life i'm a young kid yeah. i you know i'm only 22 i need to like actually have some stability in my career mm-hmm. um and i know dot is is you know, profitable, it works well, it's great. I love it there. People there are lovely. So I just said, yeah. fuck it, went straight it's, back.
0: It was definitely like, but you felt like it was definitely, because even though you're getting paid, you're like, I don't know if you guys actually have this much money to actually pay me. You guys say you got to pay me this much, but it's not more, it's not realistic in your eyes. So you were just like, I'd rather have a safer job with ha- like, not, I don't know how much, but like, even if it was half the cut, it was just like, hey, at least I'm safe in that job. I actually know mm. I'm getting paid that much. Because, yeah. I mean, if, if you notice, even the, if you can translate to pros, it's like, hey, you're getting paid this much, but doesn't mean you're going to stay here for like a year, maybe even like barely. It's like, for example, the Eccles and Baby J, I don't know how much they got paid, but they were in there for like, what, two months? And then they got, yeah. <laughs> and they got cut. So mm-hmm. like, it's like that kind of security. It's like, yeah, you go to a big, uh, I don't know. You, I mean, you could kind of consider Upcomers was pretty big for like a new- It's uh, big money. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty big. But then like, you're like, this doesn't really seem like viable- so do you mm. think that it's the same way with esports pros as well when it comes to, like, oh, yeah, job 100%. security? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, of course. I think esports pros even less, to be honest, um, because uh, the world of esports is is really tough to survive in, I think, if, if you want to make it as a professional player,
0: mm-hmm. um, even as a
1: journalist, I think. Um, 95% of pros, maybe even, like, 90% of pros will likely not have stable income, um, like, at all. right um and this is not like normal in the world right like this isn't like normalized you know people usually work like office jobs that give you solid pay and that's it you know like that's Mm. fine people are content with that in esports you get these high salaries um and you could be cut within a month like it it, that's it you're done right and that would be the only salary you see for the next like six months um depending on how you got cut right Mm -hmm. and like, and the circumstances surrounding it, whether you were good or not, which team you played for, etc. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's awful. Um, you know, we have no security whatsoever for players here, basically. Um, I think contracts have a very big, uh, part to play in that, um, contracts typically favor the organization rather than the player, uh, mm-hmm. because that's just how it is. Um, and I think when you have that sort of ecosystem, it becomes very difficult. Um, which is where like benefits of like franchising comes in I guess because you know you sign players and then you remove them during a transfer window right um unless there's some sort of like misconduct or whatever but other mm-hmm. than that you typically don't release players so you know in a sense that there is a lot of stability there um but yeah it's oh it's it's extremely difficult especially in Valorant 100% because sort it's a new game it's it's awful yeah
0: so do you think like when orgs do that or like uh like the LS situation in Cloud9, where like he mm. he was there for like two like what two months, I say, and then they just mm. cut him out of nowhere, like four hours mm-hmm. before like a match, or like the Eccles and Baby J situation. Do you think that look because everyone in, because I saw on Twitter, everyone was like shitting on the on the orgs? Like, why would you just do that out of nowhere? But in the same sense, it's like we don't we as the viewers don't know what actually happened. Mm. Like for um I think before like Echo's Nate shot was like it was a it was a cultural difference, but nobody really knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but then it was LS. It's like, oh, he didn't see eye to eye with us. It's so, like, how do you not see eye to eye? He was coaching your team for like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So, like it. it <laughs> so, it, it makes no sense when orgs say that. It's like, do you not interview them, talk to them, and all mm-hmm. that? I don't understand that. So, like, where do you think like actually happens when you, when they say stuff like that?
1: Oh yeah, most of it's PR. Um... You know uh, this is what i mean organizations put stuff out there that is specifically crafted to make sure that you don't know the full story if something like this happens mm-hmm. um most of it comes down to internal differences i would not be surprised if uh some of the players that have a lot of uh, authority on the roster especially 100 thieves would have said to upper management look i you know i don't like playing with these guys or you know, maybe a team captain, for example, Hiko is the team captain of 100 Thieves. He said to upper management, look, um, I don't like playing with Baby I don't like playing with Eccles. Let's get rid of them. That could be one example. I'm not saying that's what happened. I have no information on that. But mm. stuff like that is is quite common. Um, general managers also have quite a lot of power. Um, but in 100 Thieves' case, um, there wasn't one at the time. Uh, so I believe most of the authority probably came down to some of the other players. People like Asuna, Hiko, Ethan even, they have a lot of leverage because of how good a player they actually are Mm -hmm. and how many options they would have if they left, right? Mm -hmm. You look at Baby J and you look at Eccles, right? You compare those to your star, which is Asuna, obviously, and then you compare it to two of the biggest names, right, that came from CS, Hiko and Ethan, right? Do you risk getting rid of those guys because you see a future in Baby J or Eccles? or echo sorry, or do you just do what they say and hope for the best and keep them? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, it usually comes down to internal differences. Um, I think the LS situation I think was a bit more difficult because I think um, I don't think there was any internal differences there. I think it seemed like pretty regimented, but I don't know. Maybe they maybe the players didn't like want to play the way he wanted to play the game. Um, I think it's very different when players get cut compared to a coach um, because. Uh, organizations do typically want to protect the players. And if coaching styles differ massively, then I can sort of see why players may get upset. And then that may be, you know, uh, sort of converted into a removal. But again, that's just pure speculation. Um, I think that whatever statement comes out of an organization, typically most of it's just not true anyway. So um, mm. I never take it at face value. go? Mm. So like, how is your experience working for um, Upcomer to .esports? Like, what's different about it? Yeah, so Upcomer was um, very hands-off, I think, in a sense. Um, it was sort of like, we trust you. You do your thing. We'll just edit your articles. We'll have a weekly meeting. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, quote, unquote" help um they kind of just left you to do your yeah they sort of just leave you to your own devices um i think we barely had any communication with enthusiast which is the company above us or company above upcomer sorry which owns upcomer and runs upcomer um there was barely any communication there was pretty much none whereas at dot the um i have plenty of communication with all of my editors um and i also have plenty of communication with the people at gamers which is the company that owns dot um we even have like combined slack channels and stuff like that where we can like speak to each other um all as like one big company um whereas in upcomers uh in the upcomer example um or an upcomers case sorry uh, i was actually removed from the enthusiast uh, slack right what um and i didn't know why i did <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think only Sean, who was the head of editorial, and Colin, who was the head of video, Colin McNeil. Um, they were the only two that remained in the enthusiast slack. And they they said to me, they were like, Oh, we put you into the upcomer slack, so you don't need to be in the enthusiast one. Um, and I was quite confused by that because I thought, well, why can't I just be in both? What's the problem there? You know? Yeah. Um so that immediately raised quite a few red flags for me. Cause it's like, why would you want to separate your companies that much? Um, if you have nothing to hide and all of these, you know, yeah. I want to connect with some of these people, speak to other employees, et cetera, but that just didn't happen. So. Um, and, the, and you still yeah,
0: don't yeah. know till this day.
1: Why? Oh yeah. I don't have a clue. I don't know why. That's, <laughs> I, I don't suppose that, um, some of the other writers that were at Upcomer, I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing. They, they probably weren't even invited to it. Um, Because Because you're technically, like, right now, the biggest Valorant reporter,
0: like, as of now, because every time the reports break in, it's always your name around it. So it's just weird how you, the biggest Valorant reporter, they would just be like, nah we don't need you here. It's like, that kind of, like, makes no sense as well. Mm. Because you do have a lot of inside scoops.
1: Yeah. Well, at the time, this was January last year, right? So you got to think about it in context. January last year, I wasn't anyone. I had, like, 900 followers, okay? okay? So they probably saw me and thought, ah, fuck this guy, you know? Who is yeah. this guy, right? It's just yeah. another writer, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, but the thing that really annoyed me, actually, um, was Colin McNeil put out a tweet, I think, a while back, and it really irked me, and I never told him. Um, he said, like, oh, the whole Upcomer stuff is going really well. This was in, like, January – not last year, sorry, the year before – oh wait no no sorry yeah last year january um or february i can't remember he put out a tweet saying oh the upcomer stuff is going so well um huge thanks to sean and fion which were the two people that joined alongside me at the same time in january Uh, and then forgot to include me who (laughs) was also a part of the the four that first signed on with upcomer um so yeah, that was pretty disheartening. And then he sort of added me as like a little tweet underneath, saying, "Oh, and George." I was like, "Yeah, cheers, mate." Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, people don't really know that it was me, Theon, Tyler, Sean Morrison, and Colin McNeil were the first people to sign for Upcomer, um, hey, and we were the ones that sort of, you know, uh, went with the project.
0: So they felt you felt disrespected, Loki, in a way. It's oh like, yeah, hey, I was a
1: part. I was a part of all of the development. You know the yeah. the branding the logo everything you know yeah. mm-hmm. i was a part of it um and you know what i think part of it was i think i was signed because first of all because colin uh, i think gave a recommendation but also because i was one of the former employees of upcomer in 2019 that cut all of their staff right it's funny how history actually repeats itself and it (laughs) It happens again Uh, this time i was a little bit fucking i was a little bit more keen and i actually left the company before they removed all the editorial staff so mm you know uh yeah it's just funny how it works really yeah
0: so um but when it comes to like journalism do you think like it's gotten better or worse for like being a valid reporter as well because now i'm seeing like different kind of reporters and they're like really like uh, not breaking news first but like they're making their name for themselves do you feel like it's uh, it's better for the game as well like for pros like um, because I saw this article came out that um, uh, potentially Hiko might get dropped by 100 Thieves but then like some people are like wait that might not be true like because of Wardell coming on and then so do you think like reporters need to be taken more seriously because I saw this um, I forgot his name it was Bo something about Bo uh, about Wardell being dropped and then nobody was like, wait, why would Wardell be dropped? And then everyone gave him flack for that. So do you think, yeah. uh, I, don't you, you article, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that article, correct? I don't know if you saw the tweet. So well, like, it
1: wasn't an article, it was a tweet.
0: Yeah, it was a tweet. So then mm-hmm. do you think like more and more um, journalists need to be really careful on what they say, depending on like the org and like the players as well, because their fan base is sometimes could be ruthless as
1: well. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest problems I have, and I, I actually get a lot of criticism for this, Um, and I, I don't think it's entirely justified, but Mm -hmm. listen, for someone who has been doing journalism properly for, I think about three years now, um, I, I take this craft extremely seriously. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I read constantly. I want to become a better journalist every day. I write a lot. Um, you know, I've wrote hundreds, if not thousands of articles at this point, you know, um, some of which haven't even seen the light of day. So you know, I do take this incredibly seriously, and when people make, uh, you know, tweets and you know these sort of half-assed reports where they're like, "Oh, it's possible that Wardell could be removed from TSM." Like, well, we could use the Wardell example actually. So, prior to uh, you know, or you know, Seven stepping in as a substitute or whatever, mm-hmm. um, we had received word that wardell was not playing with the team um but then we had also received conflicting information saying that wardell would be moving to texas if he got like a raise or whatever um oh we he wanted a raise people yeah so it, it was sort of it came down to that and clearly the organization didn't give him that uh and then he just decided look i'm not going to texas right i want to stay here So, you know, whether that's the full story or not, I'm not sure. That has never been confirmed. That's why I never reported it. Um, So I guess that could be, you know, used as speculation. But look, Mm. when people make tweets about uh, information, first of all, that, you know, I guess I don't consider that really journalism. Um, I consider... Oh, I, I mean, I guess you could argue it's journalism, but I think for me, I think actually writing and taking the time to create a piece um, is much more um, fulfilling. I think I consider journalism more like art, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I do have a bit of a, you know, what's the word? I do get a little bit annoyed. I, I get a bit irked when I see people um, just making tweets, throwaways that they could delete. Because this is the thing that people don't realize, right? When you work for a journalistic outlet, you cannot delete articles, right? That's not a thing. You don't delete articles, yeah, right? Yeah. So I risk it every single time when I write a report, okay? Let's say I wrote a report saying, I don't know, has uh, dropped from Aux right? It's not happened, but let's say I reported it, right? Just hypothetical, okay? Mm-hmm. If that turned out to be wrong, right, that is on the internet forever, I can't remove it. Yeah. Right. But if someone like Bo or whoever else, right, I'm not saying Bo specifically, but any other uh, writer, yeah, wanted to uh, report something that they heard and then made a tweet about it, they could delete it if it's wrong. That's fine. Yeah. Do whatever you want. And then a week later, no one knows, no one cares right yeah. yeah this is yeah, not yeah. how you know you need integrity you need skin in the in the game to actually be considered credible and this is why people consider me credible and others not credible right yeah people might consider me an arsehole for this right like that's fine you can consider me an arsehole right but i still have standards <laughs> that i yeah. uphold myself to right and this has been the same thing with people like uh, max purist right um when i noticed that he was also doing reporting immediately I said to him, I said, you're doing great work. Let's work together. Right. Because I see a potential future in this kid. Right. And I think he could be a great journalist and he wasn't just making tweets, you know, and uh, potentially it could be wrong that he could delete later. No, he was on VLR reporting it every single time. Right. And he was writing it up. He was getting good work and he was getting all right. He was doing everything right. Right. Mm. So I helped him out. Um, I said, look, come join me in dot uh, me at dot. Sorry and we could break some great stories. And we have. We've done great work this year, right? And I think Mm -hmm. both of us have gained credibility over that. Um, So it it really does annoy me when people sort of, uh, like, hold different people to these different standards, right? Um, So, yeah, it really does annoy me. Because, you know, let's say hypothetically, I even put out a tweet saying has dropped from 100 Thieves. I didn't write about it. I didn't report it. I just said, sources, has dropped from 100 Thieves. Everyone will believe me. You know, everyone would, obviously, because, you know, I'm a credible reporter. What if I deleted it a week later? That's my credibility down the toilet. You know what I mean? So it's just stupid because it's like, it's just, it's ridiculous. We risk it every time because we cannot delete it. We cannot remove it. These Mm -hmm. people can because it's social media and everyone's so, you know, disenfranchised by it all. Because when you work for a journalistic outlet, you take things seriously And it really annoys me when people don't take it seriously, right? And I don't know, man. It's just, it really does infuriate me sometimes because I take this incredibly seriously. um, And people are like, oh, you must hate reporters that steal your leaks or whatever. It's like, no, I don't. I've helped one that stole my leaks. You know what I mean? I've got him a job where he earns more money now and he's also on like 12K followers. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm literally helping people that are doing the work that I'm doing and potentially stealing my work. If I was good enough, I would get it before them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So So it's like, I don't have to prove anything. Yeah. I want to help people that do it properly.
0: So you'd rather like, you don't care if you're the first one to report it. You'd rather get that like... For example, uh, Wardell going on 100 Thieves, like people, that's rumors right now. But like you're yeah. saying like, OK, if I know if I know that contract has been signed, he has verbally agreed it. He's say, like it's everything's been settled. Then I'll report the news. Then I'll be like, that you'd rather have that than be like, oh, he's potentially going. I'm a tweeter. I just want to be the first one to get yeah. like impressions. Yeah, on yeah, Twitter. yeah, of
1: course, of course. Because I don't do this for impressions, you know? Maybe, like, a shit post here and there because I think it's funny or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. You could judge me for that if you want. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> uh, I think you should separate the art from the artist, but whatever. It's just people's opinion. Um, I don't really care. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. But, yeah, this is what I mean. I, I do not care about being first as long as I have the information correct. And yeah. it is the most detailed information, right? Um but some circumstances i think it's okay to try and be first especially if it's a very very big scoop um but when you do your due, due diligence as a reporter you should always have the most amount of information right um and it's yeah I, I don't know just some people i think the ways they conduct journalism uh really does get on my nerves um because i think in my opinion journalism is an art. It is an art form. People can craft uh, different pieces. Um, and I really don't like it when people become Twitter reporters, right? I, I really don't like yeah. it. I think you should, you know, fair enough making a tweet and then reporting about it later. That's fine. Or reporting, not even reporting, making a tweet on something you might not feel is worthy through a report. Fair enough. Like, you know, I guess we could sort of argue that back and forth. But I think it's ridiculous. Um, I think people should be held to a standard where you work for an outlet and you know that this person could be trusted because this cannot be removed. This is it. You cannot be forgotten now if you get this wrong. Yeah. Um, and I do this every time. Every time.
0: Have um, you like told these reporters like, hey, like maybe you shouldn't be a Twitter reporter? Like, actually, like, have you like tried maybe reaching out or any of this? Or have you like, is this your first time really like talking about this?
1: No, I've spoken to Bo before. Bo, Bo came into my Discord. Um, and started reporting news and i even worked with him on a few stories when he was publishing on like medium and stuff like that right mm-hmm. um so you know it's not that like me and bo like hate each other or something i'm I'm very willing to help bo out if he would like help um yeah. but i can't I, I don't feel like publicly i could even say that because people will be like oh well look at you being condescending etc it's like no Like, (laughs) I'm willing to help him if he wants help, right? How to conduct journalism. But in my opinion, some of the ways he goes about it are not proper journalism, um, in my opinion. And that, you know, that is just the way I view it. I view it as an art form, as I said before. And when people do not take the art seriously, that is when I have a problem with it. Um, So, yeah, again, most of this is just opinion-based, but... You know, that's I guess that's why people have a problem with me, Um because, you know, people I feel like you get really a bad just... rep for what you give.
0: I feel like people are just like, oh, it's like, oh, he's like yeah. too, he's like, oh, he's too condescending and all that. But I'm like, I don't see that. It's just because like, when it comes to reporting and then especially in esports, it's a doggy dog world. Literally, it's a oh, of course. It's like you need to be the best of the best or you're not you're making nothing. it. Yeah. So like, I feel yeah. like what you have more of a competitive drive when it comes to journalism, because you rather craft something better, even though it's not first, it's definitely better. And I feel like that's a misinterpretation everyone has of you. And I feel like everyone, like you, and people just need to look at you as like, Hey, I, you're still a human behind that screen. So I feel like oh, yeah, people, don't people don't understand. People no, I don't understand that I, sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've become completely disassociated with it all. Now, to be honest, I think I'm very much focused on just myself and, um, improving my work and I think eventually that will show um whether people in the community would like to see that one way or not. That's completely up to them. I love the Valorant community. I love the Valorant players. I think mm-hmm. all the players respect me. Maybe a few hate me. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um there's a reason why I think 99% of them follow me on Twitter and actually communicate. Um it's because I think I've garnered that respect. Mm-hmm. Um and you know I think I've been integrated into the scene quite well. Um, there's just a few bad apples that don't like me, and that's understandable. That is what it you know it is what it yeah, is. You can't change some people's opinions. Um, but this is what happens when you're a public figure, right? When you amass some sort of following, this is just what happens. This is life. You will get people like this. Um, you know, people like Richard Lewis, for example, is even banned on a on a League of Legends subreddit for no basically no reason whatsoever, <laughs> um, or no justifiable reasons, right? People hate him, people hate Thorin as well. Like, people despise these guys. Like, there's a very small minority, but they do despise them, right? Yeah, um, and it's just like you have to see the reasons why they do that, and it's because they care so much, right? That they will do anything to make sure they are the best and what they report is good, right? And you'll notice that anybody, I think about 99% of people with any significance in esports, respect these guys. Right, especially Richard Lewis, in my opinion. I think if you are a prominent figure in the esports scene and you ask them, Do you respect Richard Lewis and his work? they will say yes. 99% of them, I think, genuinely, because everyone in esports that has some sort of prominence realizes the work that they do and how important it is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because that's just the way it is. These like some of these moron fans don't understand how it is, they're usually quite young, they don't get esports, they don't know how it works. You can sit behind your screen. I don't care. You, most of these are just Redditors that will never have any sort of esports prominence anyway, so I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. But again, that's extremely small minority. I think the rest of the people that actually follow me and like what I do um, understand that I'm a human being. Sometimes I make mistakes. That's understandable. But I hold myself to a very high standard. And if I don't make that high standard, then I will be very disappointed in myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's just the way it is, right? That's just the way esports is.
0: Do you, uh, do you like how the Valorant, from, uh, from the last time we talked, do you think the Valorant has definitely gotten better? Like, what do you think about the state of Valorant? And, like, as a community, players, like, as an, or, like, orgs as well, like, how do you think Valorant is as a well? now? Do you think it's in a healthy state? Do you think it's gotten worse, better? What do you believe uh, the state is right now? Hmm.
1: Um. I don't know it's a loaded question. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's healthy. I think for what it is. Um. I think if we compare it to other esports, um, I think you can sort of see where there's a bit of an issue, I guess, especially with the crowds. I think I have a very strong opinion on this. Um, I think there are ways that Riot can implement crowds. They've done it for some of their other esports. Uh, the mm-hmm. LCK, for example, uh, already has crowds at their playoffs. Uh, I know the LPL has crowds as well, I, th- I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID still exists. It will always exist. That is how COVID works. Um, I understand that, oh, they want to make it as safe as possible, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was a massive problem at Champions. But again, people don't understand. People didn't follow the rules at Champions, right? Like, yeah. there's a reason why a lot of people got COVID at Champions. Which was because they didn't care, right? Mm. They didn't care. They didn't follow the rules. They went outside. They mingled. They chilled with other players, except like what do you expect? (laughs) You know? And I was at the peak of a very different um, time. But look, I think crowds are a very important feature. I think the fans are a very important feature. If anything, those two are what makes esports esports, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, You cannot have online events forever in an FPS game. die out. It it will not, you know, people will get annoyed at this, you know? And this is the thing for me, my interest, for example, in CS:GO completely went when it went online, because yeah. I was so accustomed to these massive lands, you know, I am like Cavite say, like all these huge, like lad events with thousands of people. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, ESL pro league finals, etc. like these great events with loads of crowds hype. And I loved every minute of it. It was like, I was watching like an actual sports game. Right. And it was sick. Um, and as soon as that went, I was like, well, this is boring. Why would I want to watch this? I don't care. Yeah. There's no stake, you know. There's yeah. no people there. There's no crowds. There's no, I can't even see the players. What's the point? Um, it's just, a. it's basically just a simulation at this point. Like, I, I don't care what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So I think crowds, uh, 100% once crowds are back, um, that is when I think the eSport will uh, definitely take off. Um, yeah. Do you think it's I a region believe. thing as well? because like in the lc
0: like in the LTK and the lpl like i think covid's like definitely better over because in that mm. like regionally yeah well, obviously
1: obviously regionally it's very it's very difficult um you know when you get an international land you obviously are forced to take people from brazil from latin america from north america europe etc yeah. um and all these different countries have different restrictions and different travel like requirements and all that other stuff and it does get very difficult and i completely understand that but eventually it must come to a point where you are going to keep doing these international events anyway so how are you going to deal with it are you just never going to deal with it or you're going to wait for the next peak because there will yeah. be another peak you know mm-hmm. th- th- this isn't going to go away so it's like do we just keep doing the same thing years and years and years down the line no you know <laughs> it's just not how the world works right like i'm yeah, yeah. sorry but some people have to face reality um, and realize that without this without crowds right I think a lot of the value is lost from like how good games can actually be um yeah and I think that's that's a major problem um but you know i think i think the the eSport is still i think in a in a healthy state um I think the format is okay uh, I think the format could be better, but you know it's it's okay i think for now um I think viewership-wise, I think it's actually not been that great, uh, mainly because, you know, Sentinels, 100 Thieves, Gambit, these kinds of big teams, they aren't making Masters. Um, I think as a result, Masters will not have a very big viewership. Um, And I think that that is wholly justified, in my opinion. Um, I don't think, you know, even some of the Russian players can't even attend the event, right? um yeah, yeah. you know shigetsu from fbx uh shao from fbx uh brave from Fnatic. they can't even go right they're they're facing a potential ban from even attending the, attending the event anyway so yeah you know you have all these different difficulties uh you know that are prominent right now obviously the ukraine in the ukraine invasion covid etc etc it will mm-hmm. be difficult to hold an event which it is but yeah you know this is the world we live in and i think viewership will decline uh, for masters one i don't think The viewership will be high at all, um, but we'll see. I think Riot will have to respond accordingly, yeah. um, but from the history of Riot, I don't think they will. Um, but it is what it is.
0: I always felt like maybe at least in the group stage, or like, uh, because I think, like, what Brazil, uh, I think Korea and uh, they have lands, they've been having lands because, mm. like, even no audiences, right? But they've been having lands, mm. but it's just like, I don't get it's like. Why can't NA have that? We can, I mean, yeah. I know they tried last year for LCQ. I mean, that was that was an interesting event. Yeah, it was terrible. It was, it was terrible
1: there was yeah, you know, it was awful. There was no preparation, um, and even the preparation that they did have, it was terrible. There was yeah. no actual physical LAN servers there. Yeah. So you like, you know, they're playing, like, playing on oh, Virginia like, servers. Yeah. They were they playing made, on like well, for, it was like coming over, and we're just playing on a different server. Yeah. yeah it was you're like just, I, you're literally playing online. So what's yeah. the point? like we might as well just go home and that's what some of the teams tried to do and this is the thing north americans right as a as a player group yeah will throw a hissy fit at the smallest things and (laughs) cry about anything right we're spoiled (laughs) whereas you do you seriously believe right koreans (laughs) are playing the game yeah we're told listen you're gonna have to play on an online server there may be a bit there may be a few issues just ride it out do you seriously think they're going to complain to the same level as North Americans? It's not a chance. Not no. not a chance. But listen, it was relatively unplayable. Um, you know, there were times where players were just frozen and then they would sort of skip. And then yeah, you know, I, I remember the time where Hiko complained about like his Sova drone or whatever, like, etc. They um, would make no noise. The drone oh, yeah, yeah, noise. yeah, yeah. There was loads of problems. There was loads of issues. Yeah. But look, I, I feel think like they that, fixed it. Like what are Yeah, they, what? I mean, I think they did try um i don't i don't really know the extent of it i can't remember excuse me Mm. but yeah um i think it's just hard holding it for north america uh europe i think is is even more difficult obviously because of all the different countries Mm -hmm. um uh korea there's a very small it's a very small country um it's very sort of easy as well brazil exactly i I, well brazil's a big country but like you know the, the way where people are located is very sort of in the same areas yeah uh, whereas North America you have these you have some from Canada you know you have a few like other players uh, but most of them live you know sort of south of the the middle of uh, the United States so um, you know Texas California etc all these other different states um, that are massive so it, it can get quite difficult um, especially Canadians that come over um, but Again, that was that was a, a massive shit show, um, but that's just how it is. Uh, I think Riot learned their lesson, um, mm-hmm. but I think we should hold, be holding them to a higher standard. I don't know why we aren't, to be honest, but yeah. obviously most of the pros will shill for Riot anyway because they love them so much that they've made such a great game and they've made so much money from it. So whatever, who cares, right? I'll just be the guy that complains and everyone could criticize me anyway. So it's what you're, it is.
0: You're like, uh, you're like the burners for all the pros. You'll be the complaining. Yeah, no, it's you'll fine. Be
1: the... <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't worry. I'll, I can be the mouthpiece. I don't care. Yeah. It's just it is what it is. I'll give my opinions. They can give their opinions, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any idea if...
0: Any master, the Masters 2, or do you think champions will be held in NA at all? Do you know anything regarding hmm. that, or do
1: you think would? Uh, well, I heard, I mean, there was there's a few rumors about where champions be held. I don't want to say where, but uh, I, I, <laughs> um,
0: if you can, you can, you don't have to say that. Can you say, can you like confirm or deny it's going to be in NA? Just like you don't have to say the exact region, but like, can you I say, I don't know that? if
1: it's going to be in NA, no. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if any of these events are going to be in North America. Um, oh, wow. Um, okay.
0: Because um, I know Worlds is happening in NA. For League of Legends, mm, World. they're having a world yeah. tour in NA. So I yeah. think is is it because maybe that's the issue because it's relatively around the same time? Would that be another issue?
1: Mm, I'm not sure. Riot typically likes to have their events like relatively sort of in the same place. Um, mm. So it actually wouldn't surprise me if they had, you know, champions in in North America. Um mm-hmm. But who knows what happens, right? Yeah. Um, I don't.
0: So he's <laughs> what it Alrighty. is. Alrighty. Try to squeeze one out of you just to see <laughs> if you can get something out of here. <laughs> well, uh, I think we all should right. wrap it up you here. Wanna, uh, shall we oh, do the So we have a questions? tradition? We have a tradition. Um every guest we actually ask, so uh do you drink boba at all? Boba tea? No. You don't drink boba at all? No. Oof. Um
1: you go you just is that just ruined your little sort of no (laughs) because we
0: every every guest we ask because we're like we drink boba a lot so we always ask every guest it's a tradition do they drink boba and what their favorite drink is Mm. so we always ask them and we ask some Uh. guests as well this (laughs) so they they roast me about it but do you have a bidet do you know what a bidet
1: Bidet? no i'd want one that'd be pretty cool See? <laughs> I guess. See, they why would, roast me no, because- why would you, No, I don't know why they're roasting you. Why would you want to waste paper on something you could just do with water anyway? I you know? mean, you have to wipe anyways after it, right? Yeah, just one yeah, wipe. But there's, yeah, but there's not a lot, though. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Me, I, you know, I use quite a lot of toilet roll, so... You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, wouldn't mind a, I wouldn't mind a bidet, to be honest. Like... <laughs> Honestly, like... That's not the worst answer we've heard, though. All right. Yeah, I think not, the best one was... Is that like a dessert?
0: Yeah, yeah, know what? I think it was a cruise manager. We asked him and then he's like, What is that? Is that a dessert? So, <laughs> you know, so honestly, this is like one of the this is one of the, like more chill answers. <laughs> uh, I before we wrap it up, do you want to shout out anything? Plug anything? You can plug and shout out anything you want.
1: No, it's fine. All right. Follow cool. you on
0: Twitter. Anything?
1: No, I'm sorry. No. He's, got a <laughs> He's got a bigger following than we do. I don't care. As long as you read my reports, that's all I care about. No, for sure, for sure. Sick. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Love you.